Important. Please know that none of the parties involved in this content are certified to provide any form of business, financial, or investment advice. Please make sure all of your actions are based on your own decisions and your decisions alone. He also referred me to other clients, one of which paid me like $1,000 for a one-off project on Instagram. I just made a bunch of content. And the other dude started paying me like, I think it was like 500 bucks a week. So... Hey guys, welcome to Midly. Today we have Apple. Apple is a podcaster and he has a business where he teaches other people to start their own podcasts. He's very transparent with his earnings. He tells people how much money he makes with his podcast, how he makes money with his podcast. So today he's going to tell us how much money he makes and exactly how he does it. Hey Apple, can you please introduce yourself? Absolutely, Max. It's a pleasure to be here. So like Max said, my name's Apple. I've got a podcast called Young Smart Money, and that's what I do. And then I uh, monetize that on the back end, which we'll be getting into. That's basically uh, what I'm up to right now. Okay, cool. So can you like tell us about the stats of your podcast? How old is it? How fast did you grow it, et cetera, to give it credibility and let people know like what kind of podcast you really have? Yeah, for sure. So I've been podcasting for about 18 months now. And just to give you guys a context of, of some of the people that I interview. So it's an interview show. I interview online entrepreneurs speaking to an audience of, of young people, mostly high school and college students. So I've interviewed guys like Patrick Bet David from Valuetainment, guys like Cody Sperber, Sina Bakhtiar, a lot of guys who, who are making big waves, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs sometimes who are doing really cool things. The show's grown really well. I mean, the audience for a point, it was tripling every month, which was pretty crazy. But now it's kind of leveled out because I was doing interviews every single day. Now I've cut back to about maybe every other day or so, maybe three times a week, just because I've got a couple other projects now that I'm sure we'll dive into. But yeah, that's the show in a nutshell. Apple, before anything, are podcasts oversaturated? Uh, man, I lose it when people ask that question about anything because I'm somebody who doesn't go into things with a scarcity mindset, okay? The way I see it, man, you can go into things with a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset. I'm not the type of person to think that like your podcast right now, if you get a listen, I am less likely to get a listen because you got the listen. Like that's just not how I think about the world. So I don't think podcasting is saturated, man. And to be frank with you, I think you could have two people with the same messaging reaching the same audience, both be thriving because your quirks and in your vibe is going to attract your tribe, as they say. And man, like if me and you were making the same podcast, talking to the same people, some people would like you better than me. Some people would like me better than you. And we would both be able to succeed even if we were literally talking about the same thing. Now, the thing that I do think is saturated is people trying to be Gary V 2.0 or Grant Cardone 2.0. Like you do have to lean into yourself because if you just try to do what everybody else is doing, <laughs> they've been doing it for years and they, they've built up millions of people behind their tribe. So if you're just going to come in and try to be Gary V 2.0, it's not going to work out very well for you. But if you really lean into who you are, if you be the best Apple creator, if you be the best Max Amitly you can be, then, then you can really start to see some success with that. But man, if you're just trying to be the next copycat Gary V, it's not going to go well for you. I'm sorry to say. Can you tell us how big your podcast is like download wise or anything of the sort, or do you keep that private? Um, no, I'm pretty open with that. So we've gotten right now, I believe about 300,000 uh, total downloads on the show. So um, mm -hmm. we're reaching hundreds of thousands of young entrepreneurs. That's where we're at with that. How long did it take? How long did it take? So for the first like three months or so, we weren't really getting any listeners. So if we flash back in time here to, to when I first got started, yeah, it looks like, all right. So the first week I got one listen. The second week I got 43 listens. From there, we got 28 listens, uh, 11 listens. <laughs> 
12 listens. So as you can see, the first few weeks, we, we really didn't crack 100 listens a week until, let's see, about three to four months into the show. So it was really slow progress at first. And, and I know most people, when they hear that, like if you were getting less than 100 listens a week for four months, three months, a lot of people would just quit. Like they'd be like, man, I'm, I'm not reaching any people, man. Like I'm not, I'm not getting any traction here. But the thing that I think a lot of people need to is that it's not just numbers, man. It's real people. So like when 50 people listen to your podcast, that's 50 individual people that clicked on your podcast on their phone that decided to take the time out of their day to listen to what you had to say. And that's powerful, man. If you were standing up in front of 50 people once a week to talk to them about something for an hour, like you would really feel like you were having an impact on those 50 people. So I think sometimes it's important to just take a step back and realize that it's not just numbers that we're looking at here. Like that 300,000 number, that's 300,000 real people. Like I cannot comprehend how many people 300,000 people is. Like that's like I live in, in a large city that probably has about 300,000 people in it. So that's like if every person in my city was listening to my podcast, like that's just crazy. I mean, it's wild to think about these things. So I think it's important to, to keep that perspective and not to get caught up in like, oh, I only got whatever 20 downloads on this podcast. Like that's 20 real people, guys. Like let's be real with ourselves. I mean, if you're reaching 20 people every single day, that's substantial, okay? You're, you're impacting people's lives. So I think we, we need to take a step back sometimes and, and realize that. Well said. So speaking of that, does the amount of downloads your podcast have correlate with your earnings? There's really two ways, there are two sort of categories when it comes to monetizing a podcast. And a lot of people think there's really only one. But so how monetizing a podcast works, okay? You can either monetize on the front end or the back end. And if you're monetizing on the front end, what you're doing is you're monetizing the relationship that you have with your listeners, okay? So examples of monetizing on the front end include things like uh, putting sponsors on your show, running ads, um, doing any kind of affiliate marketing where you're promoting other people's products on your show, um, selling your own products to your listeners, or really just like selling anything to your audience in general. So those are all front-end monetization because they depend on your listeners, the number of listeners you have, how engaged they are, all of that stuff, that's, that's where your income comes from. Now, the other end to monetizing a podcast is monetizing on the back end. And monetizing on the back end basically means that you're monetizing the relationship between you and your guest as opposed to you and your listeners. So if I was going to monetize on the back end, which I do, I'd be thinking about, okay, how can I provide more value to my guest? How can I provide more value to them in exchange for making some money? And the best way that I teach people is provide some kind of service to them, okay? Because probably not gonna end up selling product to your guest doesn't really make much sense for the most part. So you gotta kind of have a service-based business here. And services that I provide are marketing services. So. I build funnels for people, people who, who sell info products or masterminds. That's my niche. That's what I do. So I build funnels for people selling info products or masterminds. And the reason that I landed there is because before starting my podcast, I had a marketing agency and I was doing some, some Facebook ads work, I was doing some Instagram work, social media work, and I developed a little bit of a marketing skill set. So when I got to podcasting, I realized that a lot of my guests that I were interviewing had some kind of info product or mastermind. And I was like, all right, a good solution I could provide would be to help these people make more money by selling more of their info product or mastermind. And since I already have a marketing skill set, I can probably apply that to, to their businesses and what they're doing. So I really decided to lean into that and really leverage that into growing my income with my podcast. And, and so that's only one example of backend monetization. You could also, I've got a buddy that does, I've got a couple of buddies that, that run PR agencies, so public relations. So they interview people and then after the interview, they get them written up in publications, publications like Forbes, Entrepreneur, Inc., They'll 
they'll get these people written up in these publications, build their credibility, and get paid by doing that. You could also start a podcast agency, okay, where you produce podcasts for other people. You edit them, you publish them, all that stuff. Could do a podcast guest agency where you land these guests that you had on other podcasts and get paid for that. I mean, there's so many examples of, of ways that you can monetize your show on the back end with some kind of service-based business, agency, whatever you want to call it. You think the best way to monetize your podcast is with a service-based business, yes? Yeah. Well, if you're going to monetize the relationship with your guests on the back end, I would say yes, just because it depends on your niche. But for the most part, I can't really think of a scenario where it would make a lot of sense for you to be selling a product to your guests. For the most part, service-based businesses just makes the most sense for me. I agree. I think the best way to make money on the internet is with service-based businesses in general. Can you take us step-by-step step through your money-making journey? Like how long did it take you to make a hundred bucks and how? Then how long did it take you to make a thousand dollars and how? Mm -hmm. Etc. Et Please go. Yeah, ahead. for sure. So when I first got started, the first thing that I ever tried to do was sell on Amazon, and that ended up losing me uh, probably about a thousand dollars. I never made any money from that, but but yeah, I didn't end up losing a lot. But invested about six months when I first got to college. That was like the first hustle that I tried. It was not extremely effective, and the reason that I stopped with that. I got to the point where I'd gotten some samples, I'd evaluated them, I was like pleased and ready to move forward. And then I, I realized that, and the thing that I was gonna be selling was like these USB adapters um, for Mac computers. And I was like, man, the world does not need another individual selling uh, an adapter for a Mac computer, man. Like, I was not providing any value to anyone I was siphoning some money out of this market that already existed. There were thousands of people already selling these things. And I just realized that like, there was no reason for me to be there. So at that point, I kind of took a step back and I was like, all right, well, if I want to actually create a real business, I need to make this around something that's actually going to provide value to someone, not just like siphon some value out of this market. So at that point, I kind of took a step back from entrepreneurship. I started a YouTube channel, really just as a creative outlet to talk about personal finance, which is behind podcasting is my second passion. I love like geeking out over like like investing, credit cards, all that stuff. So I started a YouTube channel, not with the intent to make any money, just kind of had it there to, to create content and sort of be an outlet because my friends, I was 18 at the time, they didn't want to listen to me talk about investing or personal finance, building credit. They're like, dude, chill out. I'll, I'll think about that when I'm 35. So I, I kind of just did that for fun. At this point, I think that channel brings in a little bit of money for me, maybe, maybe like a hundred bucks a month, but I don't do anything with it. it just kind of sits there. That never really became a business. It, it kind of just sits there. But after that, I was building like my personal brand on YouTube with this YouTube channel. And I, I kind of got interested in the world of like social media uh, and building my personal brand because in high school, I actually didn't have any social media channels. I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have Snapchat. And like, this was right when these guys were like popping off and like really getting big. I kind of just decided to not have those because I just wanted to like talk to people in person. I didn't feel like I needed those things in my life. But when I started building my personal brand, I got interested in like using these things for business. So I got on Instagram and I decided that I wanted to um, learn how Instagram worked. So I, I made this page and I built up this page. I was building the followers. I built it up to, to probably about 60,000 followers within like six or so weeks. So, so I figured out the algorithm pretty quickly and then went on to build my own page to like 10,000 or so followers. And at that point I was like, all right, I think I have a skill set here. So what I decided to do then was, and actually, I guess I made my first hundred bucks probably with that page because I was doing some affiliate marketing. I was promoting these things called engagement groups where you basically get a bunch of people in this group and they all like, like, and comment on each other's stuff. There was this one group that I was in that was helping me grow the account. So I was promoting that. And I think through promoting that, uh, I made like 
probably like 1500 bucks over like three months, which was like pretty good money at the time because I wasn't really making any money online. So that was pretty cool. And that was how I made my first money. And all I was doing to market that was I had this sequence of DMs that I would send to people. Um, I kind of forgot about this actually, but I had this sequence of DMs that I would send to people and I had them all saved as like keyboard shortcuts on my phone. So I would just type like three like random letters and then it would like pop up and send it to them and be this full message. And basically I had like six or seven messages that I would send to people in a certain order. And I'd basically, the first message would be like, hey, do you know what engagement groups are? Or something like that. I don't exactly remember how these messages went, but basically I took them from not knowing who I was to knowing me, ideally liking me, and eventually trusting me enough to sign up for this engagement group through my affiliate link. And it wasn't scalable at all, but I was sending out these messages over and over and over again to probably hundreds of people. And that was how I, I originally created that that income stream through this engagement group because the engagement group was a, it was a monthly fee and I got a cut of that monthly fee. So it was kind of like recurring income for me. Now that I think about it, I might actually still be getting some commissions from that. So I'm gonna have to log on to that and, and see because it, it was recurring. And, and I know when I, when I left off, I still had quite a few people signed up for it. So I might have some money waiting for me over there. But that was how I first got started. And, and it was really small at first, like with each person I got to sign up because the service was really cheap. It was like 10 bucks a month or something. So I was making something like, like three or $4 a month for each person I referred. But I was just hustling, sending all these messages. And within like the first like month of me doing that, yeah, I made something like three, $400. And that was also because this service had a leaderboard. And this was the thing that really had me fascinated because they had a leaderboard of who referred the most people to that service that month. And if you got the top of the leaderboard, you got some like 200, 250 bucks extra on top of the commissions that you were getting. So I was like, man, I'm going to win this leaderboard because the people at the top had, had like maybe 10 referrals in the month. And I'm like, dude, I could get 10 referrals in the month for this thing easy. Like I could do 15, 20. So I like, I like broke the leaderboard that first month. I got like 35 people to sign up. Second place had like 12. So, so I crushed that leaderboard for like three, four months while I was really doing that. But yeah, so the first real business was, was yeah, that Instagram growing that account. And once I had built that skill set, I decided to transition from doing my own thing into helping other people grow their accounts as well. Because I'm like, all right, I got this skill set. I'm sure there's other people out there who could benefit from this skill set. So I decided to decide on like a market that I was going to serve. And I got really specific here, which, which turned out to be a good idea. I decided to serve um, YouTube creators in the personal finance space that had a, a large YouTube following, but a small Instagram following. Cause I'm like, this is the perfect market because I'm already plugged into the YouTube community for, for personal finance. Cause I'm already a part of it. So I already kind of know these people. They already kind of know me. They already have large YouTube followings. So I know that they're putting out good content and theoretically, I know that they're making money to pay me and I know how Instagram works. So I can just transition their good content from this existing platform to this new platform. And uh, I'm pretty sure I could do that. And turns out I could. So the first client that I decided to work with, I offered to work for him for free because I'm like, well, I got no testimonials so far. Like I built my own account to 10K. I built this other account to 60K, which was in the entrepreneurship niche, but like couldn't really prove that I could do it for him. So I'm like, man, I'm going to work for you for free for two. Well, not, I didn't even say for a time period. I'm like, I'm going to work for you for free. But the key thing that I did here, guys, and this is something that, that not a lot of people do, man, pretty much nobody does this. I, in that first email that I sent to him, I did not say I am going to work for you for free. I did not say that. In that first message, I literally sent him a post that I made for him. So I made him a post, a video post for his Instagram account. I took one of his YouTube videos, repurposed it into an Instagram video, and I attached that to the email. So I literally gave him an 
example of what I was going to be doing in the initial email. I did not ask for permission. I just gave him this piece of content that I took whatever, 15, 20 minutes out of my day to make. I made that for him, sent that to him. And I said, Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work for you for free. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to post three times per week. I'm going to send you the images here, send you the captions and you can just post them yourself. He was like, I'll do you one better. You just post them for me. Here's my login. Like, just do it for me. <laughs> and I'm like, great. Now, now I'm on the student's account. We're, we're sailing. So within about two weeks, he saw results. I like doubled his following. It wasn't too hard to do. I think he had like 300,000 on YouTube and like 2000 on Instagram. So I'm like, dude, like this is going to be, this is child's play. So I got his following like 4,000 within like a week, which was not at all difficult. And then he was like, Oh, this dude means business. So he started paying me because he wanted to keep me around because he didn't want to lose me to somebody else. Pay how much he was paying me $50 per week. And that was just to post on his account like twice a week. So it was literally nothing. So I did that for like two weeks. And then I basically pitched him on posting every day. And I pitched him on that. And I think he bumped it up to like 150, 200 a week then because yeah, he saw it was working and he's like, yeah, just scale it up. So I decided to scale it up. So we bumped that up. But in that same two week period, he also referred me to other clients, one of which paid me like a thousand dollars for a one-off project on Instagram. I just made him a bunch of content. And the other dude started paying me like, I think it was like 500 bucks a week. So within the first month of working for free, I'd already made like 2,500 bucks or so just by starting by working for free. So that, that was like the first time that I, I made any real money. Cause yeah, at the same time I was making some commissions off this affiliate thing, but that was the real like service-based business that I started. Wow. That's such a great idea the YouTube, <laughs> between everything, the YouTube, Instagram thing. Important. Please know that none of the parties involved in this content are certified to provide any form of business, financial, or investment advice. Please make sure all of your actions are based on your own decisions and your decisions alone.